0: Welcome to emotions and potions a love Slash hate letter two i'm ashton and i'm alex today's episode we will be discussing um, emily mcintyre's scarred which is the second book in the never after series um the first one is hooked
1: which i have yet to read is on my to read list
0: yes so pretty much how this podcast is gonna go is we're going to discuss the topic of the day, which today is a romance book, one that we both may love or hate, TBD.
1: Thoughts and opinions. <laughs> Thoughts and opinions.
0: And so for our portion or our potions um, segment, Alex came up with this beautiful idea.
1: So today's drink in honor of Scar is called the Royal Gardens. You cannot see it, (laughs) clinky. Clink, clink. (laughs) It's green. Because something that is a big part of the plot to me was our two main characters always seem to meet up in a garden or outside Mm -hmm. in a meadow. So I wanted the drink to be green. And since it's scarred, which is inspired
0: by the Lion King, there's some royal aspects to it. Ooh, let's hear them. This intrigues me. This drink, I wish you could see it. Cause Alex is a mixologist. She is good with the alcohol.
1: Okay. (laughs) I'm a connoisseur. So therefore I have tried.
0: (laughs) Yes. So, okay. Break this down for me because I'm intrigued.
1: (laughs) It's inspired from a French 75,
0: which is gin,
1: simple syrup, a lemon twist and you float it with champagne. Now, my co-host, Ashton, she likes her drinks on the sweeter side. I do. I went with a sparkling Moscato as the float. Love a Moscato. And to give us this lovely green color, some Midori. And then to keep with the garden botanical theme, still stuck with gin and added a elderflower liqueur. And uh, instead of a lemon twist, it's a lime
0: twist for keep, more green. Okay, you know what? Yeah, I have no words. Let's try this. I'm I'm intrigued.
1: Same. I, I haven't tried it yet. Let's yes, see if, it, if, let's,
0: if it's any good. Let's see. Oh my gosh. I'm not mad at oh
1: it. Oh my god, that is so good.
0: Yes. Oh, I might be having you make me another one in the middle of
1: this podcast. Well, thankfully, I overboard <laughs> in case it was delicious so we could have more.
0: Perfect. Yeah, this is amazing. And I'm... Not a big drinker, as you know. I'm I'm not a big alcohol person. But I could I could drink this. This is yes. delicious. Alex, you hit it spot on. The themes, the mixing, chef's kiss. Thank you. I'm ranked 10 out of 10. So
1: we oh, love the potions. Oh,
0: love the potions. <laughs> now let's talk about the emotions. Oh, and to give some background information. Alex and I are both water signs. We both like astrology. Yes. Um, she's Pisces son. I'm a Scorpio sun. She's a- Leo moon. Leo moon.
1: Cancer rising.
0: Cancer rising. I knew you were a double water. I just couldn't remember if it was your rising. I knew you had cancer in there. And I'm a moon water as well. So we have a lot of emotions um, going on, I think. We're yeah. very emotional. I'm very emotional. I know you're very emotional. <laughs> I yeah. There's no. no also, no d- deny. Another reason why we love romance novels so much, because we are hopeless romantics and love love and feel everything. All the feels. All the feels. So let's jump right in to Scarred because this book was something. Mm-hmm. And so, late on like, what was this book about, Alex?
1: All right, so first of all, um, we're going to be spoiling stuff. So if you haven't read this book... Red
0: does, flag, spoilers to come.
1: Plot points will be ruined. And also I want to give some trigger warnings for what this book does contain. There is graphic sex, murder, graphic torture, assault of the uh, physical and sexual nature, abuse including child abuse, physical abuse, mental, emotional, and sexual
0: abuse. Oh my God, I didn't read the triggers before reading because I like going into books not knowing. And for background information, this is a dark romance. So these are gonna have, there are themes throughout this book that is going to be triggering, trigger warnings. Um, And there's a lot of them. So Mm -hmm. if dark romance isn't really your thing, I I don't know if I would 100% recommend this as one of like your entry points no not at all into the dark romance are there darker ones out there yes absolutely one thousand percent It's like in the medium the medium realm but it is dark there are some triggering points throughout this um book so if you also are triggered about us talking about them just know that we will be talking about some of this stuff so just a heads up
1: Tropes. That are featured in this book we got enemies to lovers love forbidden love love miscommunication <laughs> <laughs> <It's> clearly <laughs> there's some thoughts and feelings on that one <laughs> this next one i definitely have thoughts and feelings on we'll get to that later the virgin trope yep i don't know if you would agree with me on this trope but i feel like it's a little chosen oney. yes there's a slow burn love and i believe you got some issues with this one a god complex trope
0: yeah not a fan
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right so now we got some setup out of the way let's bring you into scar yes this takes place in the lovely gloriana which means glory to
0: earth so made up yes place. we are in a
1: fantasy Okay, I probably should say that this is a fantasy romance, I would say. Yes,
0: based on... Based on the beloved Disney film, Lion King. Yep. Hence, Scarred.
1: Yes. And it takes place in 1910. We start off, King Michael II has died. Are there some mysterious circumstances to his death? I believe so, because Tristan, who is our main character, and the Scarred Prince, a.k.a. Scar, from Lion King. So we got some tension brewing between the brothers, their mother, and the late king. Then we go over to Sarah, who is our female protagonist of this book. And Sarah is a nod to Sarabe from Lion King.
0: And that is...
1: mufasa's wife
0: in the movie right and
1: yeah so isn't it
0: simba's mom yes yeah, technically in- so that is where we will see some differences mm-hmm. then scar is really our hero yes and
1: michael is the true villain. So yes prepared to have
0: lion king ruined it definitely turns it flips it around a little bit Makes you feel things that your, you know, five-year-old self probably would think you're crazy for thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, dear Sarah, she lives in Silva, which is a part of the kingdom of Gloria Terra. And she's been groomed slash coached by her cousin Xander and their uncle Raph, who I thought was Rafiki.
0: Yeah. Kind of. Kind of? See, I... I got Rafiki vibes. I kind of do. Yeah. I guess so. Now that I'm thinking about it more, kind of, but not. Kind of in a negative way.
1: A lot of characters get flipped negatively. Yeah,
0: that's true. Okay, okay, fair enough. See, I didn't think of that, so...
1: But there's a little caveat here. Sarah's family, they want to kill and overthrow the Fossa family. Because there is some deep-seated beef there. And uh, the main kingdom where the Fossas live is in uh, Saxon. And Sarah is about to be sent there to live. As Queen Escort. Consort. Yeah, Queen Consort. Sarah wants revenge for her father, who currently we believe he was murdered by the Fossa family.
0: Michael, specifically. Yes. The third. The third. So the one that's alive. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: And also, they're mad because the crown ignores the basic needs of the people.
0: So that theme is pretty common when it comes to, like, royal things, I feel like, where it's kind of like the royal family not really providing for the rest of the kingdom. Kind of think of, like, Game of Thrones, where it's like Cersei, the queen, she only cares about, like, what she can see
1: yes and the wildlings
0: they're kind of yeah they're out there like eh. struggling and the rest of the kingdom's struggling that's kind of the vibe that i'm getting where it's like the kingdom itself is rich but the rest of the country is very poor
1: if you're not directly in like the royal court circle and living in the main portion of saxon your life sucks
0: yes not enjoyable And our
1: girl Sarah, in secret, she likes to steal money and supplies and give them to the orphanage keeper to then distribute amongst the people. So, she's she's a good girl. Yes. This is important to note because it plays into her character development later. Right. And she does this one more time before she's about to leave for the castle. She has one more drop-off goodbye to her people, in secret, in the dead of night. And I'd just like to say here, King Michael III is a piece of shit. Through and through. Yes. And it's just going to get worse. All right. Now, when uh, Miss Lady Sarah arrives to Saxon, she's in there with her BFF, now promoted to lady-in-waiting, because they about to be royals. (laughs) Sheena. And she sees Tristan, our scarred prince, sitting under a weeping willow tree, looking all broody and sexy. Obviously.
0: Obviously he's broody.
1: (laughs) And he's drawn, so he also has to be artistic.
0: Yes. And they lock eyes. Uh, From across, across the road, or the way.
1: Through a sea of people. What did you think about this meetup? This little meet where they first lay eyes on each
0: other. I mean, I think that I'm I'm a fan of that, like catching the the gr- the gaze from across the room concept, especially in romance books. I mean, I think it's very romantic, and I think it's a good setup in any romance book, kind of to get your characters connected. And like, I'm here for it. I I'm here for it. I I like to believe that it all it takes is just glancing at someone across the room, and you instantly get that that connection, that fuzzy feeling. I liked their first kind of introduction into each other. Same. Yeah.
1: And again, under a willow tree, kind of where I start to draw the drink inspiration.
0: A lot of nature, which makes sense yeah. because Lion King was set in like their animals. So they're mm-hmm. out in Africa, a lot of nature, even in that movie, you know, on the plains and the jungle, yes. stuff like that. So another theme that she kind of, brought into the books
1: again just the nods sprinkles
0: Sprinkles. little
1: nugget sprinkles fantastic get some more information about tristan he's our scarred prince he's also the resident pothead
0: (laughs) which i love same i mean i don't know what it is but yeah i'm here for it like i just feel like it's a great in this book for like a coping mechanism with how he copes with everything that's kind of his life right i liked that tidbit that she threw and i was like okay so we got the stoner younger um artistic Brood. bad boy brooding yeah. prince yeah. love to see it love to see it
1: his outward persona he comes across as a gives no fucks about anything anyone especially gives no fucks about being royalty
0: no and doesn't give a fuck that people are scared shitless of him which he loves (laughs) (laughs) yeah he does not care that people will not look at him i mean like people will see him coming and they will look the other way avert avert if i don't see him he doesn't see me doesn't work that way people but do what you got to do our
1: resident bad boy surely has a heart of gold he deeply cares about the betterment of the kingdom and the people, especially Simon.
0: <sighs> I love Simon. Same. Everything about Simon, who is-
1: Simba.
0: So he is a representation of Simba and-
1: He's still a villain in a way
0: in this Oh, book. he's definitely a villain. He is definitely a bad person. He's a bad person with a heart of gold.
1: He's just so soft and warm towards Simon and would do anything for this little kid. And it's just, oh,
0: It's precious. It's
1: so precious. And our boy Tristan, we start to get some inner monologues and find out that he has a little secret takeover plan of his own. The welcome party does get interrupted by a villager who decides to drop off Lord Reginald's head.
0: Yes, so we're uh, just chilling. It's a gathering in the royal castle. And all of a sudden, a what they call hyena approaches. And hyenas are the group of people who are the poor. The have-nots. Yes,
1: you're commoners. And hyena is kind of a derogatory term. Not kind of. It, it, it is. is. <laughs> <laughs> it is a derogatory term used by the people of court.
0: Right and it's always in a negative connotation. They're the they're the homeless. They're the poor. They're the disabled. The they're just class. the working class, the have-nots. Um, and it's another beautiful kind of transition from The Lion King into this book is that she incorporates cuz hyenas play a big po- big role in Lion King mm-hmm.
1: and they are scar's supporters. Right. And in the book they are Tristan's
0: supporters. So they're just chilling at court. all of a sudden, a hyena, so I have not. and you could tell by the way she was dressed. Yes. because obviously poor. So not cleaned, raggedy clothes, the whole nine yards.
1: The visuals that were created with this explanation were fantastic and just made you realize like how sinister her smile was.
0: Yes. Yes. And so she comes bearing a gift of Lord Reginald's head, who is one of Michael's, he was part of Michael's pack. Yes, That's a term that Tristan uses throughout the book to describe his brother's friend group. And they call him the pack, which another like lion reference. So, you know, fantastic all around. Um,
1: And she delivers King Michael a warning.
0: Yes, she does. To beware. The rebel king the rebel king so poor sarah you know she's coming to court with her own shit that she is on a mission she is an assassin in the making she's ready to take this family down and then all of a sudden she realizes that there is another person out there who essentially is doing the exact same thing that she's doing exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> she's kind of like what the fuck? And our boy Tristan,
1: after this welcome party, he decides to go to the Elephant Bones Tavern. Again, beautiful nod.
0: Chef's kiss. Elephant Bones was the place where they would meet, right? In The in Lion King? Or is that the place where Simba just goes it's, and the hyenas were there?
1: Yeah, the elephant graveyard. Scar sent Simba there. Yes. And that was where he like, was, like, practicing his little
0: roar. <laughs> yes. And then Mufasa comes and saves him mm-hmm. from the hyenas or whatever. So there, there will be no
1: saving by Michael in this version no. of Edison Bones, however.
0: No. So another great nod yes. to a reference from the movies. Mm-hmm. So this is the bar, the tavern, that Tristan goes to.
1: And that is also where all the hyenas gather. It's in hyena territory. And this is where we get confirmation that our man Tristan is indeed the rebel king.
0: So our scarred prince is the rebel king. Shocking.
1: Bet you didn't see that one coming.
0: I don't think anyone would.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: and I love there was a line in this first um, encounter at the elephant bones tavern that I absolutely love when Tristan was talking to his
0: followers. And he tells them to stay prepared. Yep. Love. I mean, that, that song in Lion King is like, you be prepared going through my head I, right I, now. I yeah. Cause I will say that throughout this book, I like, I, I stopped at some parts where I was just like, that was just too good. Where it was like that reference, it was just too good. And this was a perfect like representation of that. And, even better it was at the end of a chapter mm-hmm. and it was like the last line and like i love that shit i love when an author
1: give me a mic drop moment
0: yes like at, at the end of a chapter if they can like pull something out where it's just like like i was i was like thank you emily like um, yeah i didn't know i needed this i did it but
1: like but now that you've delivered it like i was sold on
0: this book at that point yes like, I was, I was in it. I'm not going to lie. I think I was sold, like, chapter one. I was like, okay, this is going to be up my alley.
1: I was into it before that point, but I was just like.
0: Still kind of. Gonna...
1: I was wondering, is it going to
0: get cheesy,
1: to okay. be perfectly honest. Fair point. I
0: was scared
1: it could have gotten cheesy, and it could have.
0: Very easily. But. It didn't.
1: It's delivering. It is, and then we also do find out how Tristan gets around from the castle to
0: the tavern tavern.
1: and other places. He leaves the castle by way of
0: secret passages. So I love that. I'm here for that. Like secret passages, sure.
1: I kind of want throw it in there.
0: I know, right? Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't want like a bookcase that you pull a book and it opens? Like that's dope. Like, come on. Who wouldn't want that?
1: Sorry, I just fantasized about having bookcase in general.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Same. It's like, you're talking about a bookshelf that reveals a secret passage. I just want a fucking bookshelf. <laughs> right now
1: they're just, like, on my coffee table. Or in Fair my point. Fair point. Fair point. Tristan's been using these secret passages for years. He started when he was a child and was trying to escape Michael's horrific bullying and torture.
0: Yeah, Michael was the classic douchebag big brother who liked to torture the younger sibling.
1: And not just, like, your normal... The normal
0: bullying. Mm, No. No. No.
1: Like, Michael is the reason... Tristan has the scar.
0: Yes. And I, we didn't mention that before, but Tristan, who is Scar, he does have a scar that starts at his temple. Yes. Is it kind of like a Harry Potter scar, but farther down? I feel
1: like, like, like that the, goes... I feel like it starts at like the mm-hmm. arch of the eyebrow
0: and then like goes down
1: to the cheekbone. Oh, something to note about this book, um, especially since we're doing the plot breakdown, is the chapters are re- done in... Tristan's point of view and then Sarah's point of view. So there'll be a lot of skipping between
0: characters, which I'm a fan of. I love a romance book that has the dual perspective because I think it's really important to be able to get both perspectives of the characters, especially in romance novels where I think that that is just very like it's added because romance novels tend to be super unrealistic. They move very fast. Mm And in order for me to be like content with that, I I personally like getting a point of view from both, both leads or multiple leads if you're reading a book that has like more than just a pair as the main characters. Yes. But I do think that it definitely makes books and I would prefer to read romance books with a dual point of view. Exactly, it's nice to
1: see like what the guy's thinking and what the girl's thinking. So you get like a well-rounded version of their love story versus just told from one perspective.
0: Right. Yes. And I love, and yeah, I'm, I'm definitely here for it. I'm a fan of that. So with it being in this book, I just think that it adds a lot. It adds a lot of depth, adds a lot of content, context. Yes. And you you get more of a full picture versus just a one-sided story
1: especially with like all of this kind of like political stuff happening where we have our two main characters Tristan and Sarah who have the same end goal in mind they don't know it they don't know it yet
0: (laughs) miscommunication
1: (laughs) enter that trope (laughs) so it's nice to see their train of thought and then you kind of are internally
0: yelling at the characters <laughs>
1: just talk to each just other Just talk to each other you're on the same page you want the same
0: thing so frustrating but also i like it also satisfying that exactly
1: then we do to get back into sarah's perspective where she is in the castle in her room with her girl sheena And she's about to meet her new additional ladies-in-waiting, Ophelia. Let me just say, fucking
0: bitch. (laughs) Uh, What is it? What's the saying, like, a wolf in sheep's clothing? Yeah. She seems sweet and innocent, but she ain't. She a bitch. But continue. She's not a total sheep because Sarah
1: knows that she's, like, one of Michael's potential. Potential.
0: She has a hunch that Michael has people on the side. Or that she's
1: at least, like, a spy. That he's, yes. like, planted her here yeah. for a reason. And our other new lady in waiting is Marisol.
0: Thoughts? <laughs> no. Marisol uh, surprised I like, me. I liked her. At the
1: end. At the end. <laughs> Not right now. No. Right now she kind of just seems like Ophelia's little lackey.
0: See, I kind of got the vibe kind of reversed. I kind of was under the impression that Marisol was lady-in-waiting number one. Ophelia was lady-waiting number two. Because Marisol is very bossy. She likes, she like tells Sarah B what to do a lot or like what is expected because, you know, Sarah B is new to court. Mm -hmm. And it seems like the vibe that I got from Marisol is that she's kind of acting as if, she knows more than Sarah B and kind of tells her the ropes. And obviously Sarah B is like, I'm going to be your motherfucking queen. How, how how dare you you try to tell me what to do. So Marisol comes off as just like a very like confrontational, just like annoying nuisance where I'm just like, anytime she was brought up, I'm like Marisol go away. Like, scurry along. Like, no, not here for it. Until the end.
1: (laughs) Miss Sarah, she decides she's had enough of this first interaction with these ladies in waiting. Because basically it was kind of how you summed it up. Yeah. So she decides she's going to go explore. And Ophelia and Marisol are trying to be like, "Uh uh-uh. And again, Sarah's like, I'm going to be queen. I'm going to do what I want to do. So she starts to explore the castle and she winds up having a run-in in in the kitchen with Paul.
0: Paul! Love Paul. He's a chef. He works in the kitchens. He also is... Our personification of Pumbaa. Pumbaa! So
1: he is fantastic.
0: Yeah. All around. Love Paul. He's great.
1: And she also meets Simon in the kitchen.
0: Little Simba. Little Simon is a bastard mm-hmm. of Michael. Yes. Obviously we know that Simon is Simba, so you had to kind of know that Michael is his dad, but he's a bastard. Michael, it was an out of wedlock. And-
1: With one of the servants
0: in the castle. Right, who is black. Mm-hmm. So he is mixed. Simon is a mixed baby or a mixed not baby anymore but a mixed kid who has the eyes of Michael. And I guess something like they talked about um in He's these books in Castle's
1: Best Kept Secret.
0: Yes. Michael has like golden eyes. Yes. And, and he that's is the dead
1: giveaway of it being Michael's.
0: Yes. Childhood. But it also makes sense as to why Tristan kind of takes him under his wing because it is a secret, it isn't publicly known. I don't even know if it's really publicly ever been addressed within the castle. It's just, I feel like people know, but they know also not to to say anything.
1: It's like Michael's inner circle. know, like Xander knows. And maybe a couple other people.
0: Right. Like obviously Paul knows. Yeah. Tristan knows. Obviously. Um, We don't ever really know if Mike, like Michael, and that's the shitty thing about Michael. Michael could care less about Simon
1: away what characters you think you love from the disney movie because this book's gonna flip it yeah on its head
0: yeah so simon obviously um does not know about michael he doesn't know about his dad at all um and he's also teased a lot which i think that tristan also can relate because obviously michael tortured tristan and now simon's getting tortured because he's mixed Mm -hmm. because he looks different than everyone else and it's it's just it's so sad i hate to see it but i i like that she added that like i think that that kind of twist added value yep so simon's not like some spoiled prince
1: no because one he's not being acknowledged and really he should be a prince right that's not the case and it just endears Tristan to him even more. And again, their dynamic together is just so freaking cute.
0: Yeah. And like, and that's one of the things where you start rooting when you see, when you read these scenes between Simon and Tristan, your heart kind of melts a little because Tristan obviously cares a lot about Simon. He really does. And that just adds a lot of like depth to his character where he is a villain, Like, I haven't forgotten that he's a villain, but like he looks after his own and like the fact that Michael, his brother, doesn't acknowledge Simon, but he takes it on himself to make sure that the kid's not like has some kind of male role model in his life because his mom is not married. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's a maid. She's I don't think she has a spouse or anything. No. And she kind of neglects Simon. He he
1: makes more about being Michael's side piece
0: yeah and like because he makes a comment where he's like well my mom wouldn't even know if i went into town and it's just like it's heartbreaking but it makes me happy that he has tristan and i love the interactions when simon is involved i think it's just very heartwarming
1: and we get one of those in the kitchen so sarah starts to see the sweet exchange between simon and tristan
0: and then tristan
1: notices sarah's presence because how can he not
0: So Tristan has been like instantly drawn to Sarah. So to get kind of like some character um, descriptions, Sarah is like a dark haired beauty. So she has like black hair, curly curly hair. Yes. She has hazel eyes. Does she have like a really pretty hazel eye? One of the, it's either like a, it's a brown, it's some kind of like either a dark brown or more of like a hazel brown. I can't remember flecks
1: of hazel or yes,
0: light, something like that. And obviously, in romance novels, your main characters are always smoke shows. Always. So she is beautiful, right? Tristan is kind of depicted as having dark hair as well, and Jade like green eyes. Yes, and he is. (gasps) Tatted. <gasps> so tatted i love it i love a tattooed man and so Same. yes he's tatted he's like what i picture him build wise is more l- lean he's lean, taller lean
1: build where michael who has more like a golden sandy hair color with the gold eyes and he's more of your brawny
0: built right so like man. so to me she pretty much took the Lion King and just took their coloring. Because Mufasa is, like, more of that golden. Mm-hmm. Scar is, like, the, the black, black kind of vibe. So that's another, like, nod that she kind of stuck with the aesthetic of the lions and just transformed them into humans. So they kind of, they do have the same kind of, like, color schemes. And, yeah, and Michael, I picture him being broad, yes. bigger. Like, he's just a big going to be your meathead yes whereas tristan is more lean athletic mm-hmm. build
1: and tristan's gonna be your brains
0: yes michael's
1: gonna be your brawn
0: yeah and that's something that tristan really takes pride in is that he's smart and he makes comments about how he lived in the shadows growing up in the shadows he was able to figure out and how to like read people and so he is very good at manipulation.
1: And the reason why he's drawn to Sarah is because he doesn't get a good read on her.
0: Because Sarah is playing two roles here. Mm-hmm. She is putting on a face of the potential queen, the next queen, and what that looks like. But then she's also on a mission.
1: So she surprises Tristan because she's not what he would expect for the queen consort.
0: And with Tristan being able to read people so well, he picks up on this instantly. It's like a very subtle, it's a very subtle thing that she does that he's kind of like, wait, hold on. There's Rewind. More
1: There's more to you than meets the eye. This is very
0: not like you have been or how I've perceived you. So Tristan is intrigued and that is kind of what draws besides Sarah being a very beautiful person. He's also intrigued. Cause he dismisses
1: her beauty but then she starts, she has comebacks. One thing I, another thing I loved about this book was the banter between Sarah and Tristan. Tristan tries to get these digs in and these insults into Sarah, and she just gives claps it right
0: back. back. Yes, I love a romance novel where the main characters have that banter. I love like that back and forth, that like wittiness that I wish I possessed. In the moment, I have wit when I'm on my own, when I'm thinking about a situation that already happened.
1: And you replay it in your And I replay it in my
0: head a million times and I'm like, oh, I should've mirror, said this.
1: And you're like, I should've said
0: this. <sighs> Damn it, I should've said this. I love when I see characters do what I wish I could do yes. in my real life. So she is quick with the comebacks. She's scared of him, but not really. Like, I feel like she does kind of have like, there is an air about Tristan that does scream danger.
1: And then she sees him with Simon and she melts. And then she realizes there's more to him. He's a cinnamon roll. (laughs) A murderous cinnamon roll. He's a (laughs) (laughs) murderous cinnamon roll. (laughs) So Tristan and Sarah, they start to have a flirty exchange in the kitchen. They're starting to kind of really lean into this
0: enemies to lovers vibes. And something that I love that Emily does with this book is that it is a slow burn you go very slow you go 66 or 67 percent of the book without having a full-on sexy scene before you even get a kiss before you even get a kiss yeah it's all it's but the tension is palpable yes and she does it so well because i feel like she builds her tension, it does such a good job of the buildup is so perfectly done. And I think that that is something with a slow burn that is an important aspect. Is that with a slow burn, you have to have that buildup, right? And I feel like there's a right way to do it and a wrong way to do it.
1: She did it the right way. She did it
0: the right way. She started small with the first encounter being a very brief tension and each tension scenario situation scene between them built
1: oh this one's and about to get built yes they take this exchange into the
0: hallway right where they get caught exander right no one of the guards <sighs> yes oh the guard. now there
1: was no like physical touching like in a there was section. no kissing
0: there was no heavy petting but the perceived way that Ain't. I mean, they shouldn't even be touching, they shouldn't it, even be talking.
1: Because also, again, this takes place in 1910 in their royalty. so it's like one of those things, if you're without a chaperone,
0: off limits, male, within female, within like
1: six inches of someone of the opposite sex, this is like bad news bears. We will behead you. Yes. You are a harlot. You whore. How dare you? How dare you? And so Anthony has seen them in, pro- in close proximity, and because they have such great vants, and the chemistry is undeniable, this looks scandalous. He, yes. And he's about to go turn them in.
0: But Tristan ain't having that. Nope. Tristan is a serial killer, y'all. What do you think happens to poor old Anthony? Nothing good. <laughs> he's about to get murdered he about to
1: get straight up neck broken this is where we find the blades in our
0: cinnamon roll character
1: <laughs> that's good i like that yeah
0: yeah uh tristan about to be like you come in with me because you know tristan will pull out that i'm still royalty he doesn't like being i don't think royal in a sense of like the title no but he'll play the card when but he, he needs will to. he will throw it out and be like Anthony tried to kind of get out of it, but Tristan was like, um, you do realize you're speaking to your highness. I'm still your prince. Mm -hmm. You, sir, are coming with me. Don't worry. Everything's going to be We're friends here. I'm going to set you free. We're just going to go for a little chit-chat. And by free, free your motherfucking soul from your body. He literally (laughs) takes him to his murder shack. Yeah. (laughs) Essentially, Tristan has a murder shack in the woods just like any good villain right and sarah
1: she's kind of aware that this is about to happen but again she has her own end game plan so she needs the scar to disappear well, like, as well she
0: knows that she would probably get in more trouble like she would die yeah they probably would be had her like literally i'm not joking like they probably would be had her so she also yeah she kind of knows but she's like you know what I'm gonna let him handle this. He seems to... He also brought this on himself because he all up in my space. Yes. Because Tristan is that male character who is possessive, dominant, mm-hmm. very dominant. And doesn't so- know the meaning of personal space. No. Doesn't give a flying fuck. If he wants to be close to Sarah, he gonna be close to Sarah. And he wants to be close to and Sarah. And he does. And he can't help it. He hates that he can't help it. She's probably like, you know what? This is his mess to clean up. I'm just gonna walk away. Sorry about, you know, the guard that's about to die, but it's either him or her. And she's like. <laughs> so it's gotta be him. <laughs> it's gotta be him. Then we cut to King
1: Michael, who's letting Sarah know that they have a planned outing to set up their engagement announcement. Cause this is all for political gain. So it's not, this is not romantic. This this is. This is alliances. This is business. This ain't love. Nope. So Tristan is also informed that this engagement proposal is going to happen. So he takes this moment to go back to the bar to inform the rebels. (sighs) Of what is to come. Of what's to come.
0: And the rebels are now shouting for Sarah's head. Right. And Tristan says no. He goes, no one will touch her loudly. Shuts them up
1: shuts that down so our boy's starting to catch some feelings
0: yep and at this point he's still fighting it he's still fighting it she's still fighting it she doesn't i don't think likes him at this point i think right now they're both intrigued by each other and they both are attracted to each other and i think that intrigue and that attraction and it's that forbidden love that forbidden thing thing where it's like he like you know because tristan is the scarred prince He's a prince who like, she was told that she probably will never see him, but she can't stop running into him because (laughs) he's doing it on purpose. (laughs) Because he he keeps placing himself in her way. (laughs) Because he can't get enough. Yeah.
1: (laughs) They catnip for each other. They do. So we go to the town. We have a very anticlimactic and not romantic proposal that happens between Michael and Sarah. Michael's not getting down on one knee.
0: No. No. A king's not going to bow or get on his knees for anyone.
1: But you know who would. Hmm. Tristan. (laughs) (laughs) But Michael won't because he sucks and he can't be bothered.
0: He sucks. Yeah, and it's very not real, like, not romantic. Poor Sarah was, like, expecting, she wasn't expecting anything grand. No. But she was expecting more than just him being like, it's official, we are getting engaged. And she's like, "Where's my ring? Yeah, Where's not- my proposal? I haven't even said yes."
1: Yeah, they have like a, a like a really lackluster conversation, like trying to get to know each other, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, like the media is there, the nineteen ten media is there. <laughs> so it's probably like two cameras. <laughs> yeah, if that just pens and paper taking Some one photo, <laughs> those like yes, the ones that it's like and you need the fire and it goes yes, bah. yep. <laughs> historical fiction so then
1: of course what do we do after we get engaged we go to church
0: let's go to church let's go to church nothing nothing's gonna happen there and then at the church service
1: enter tristan's god complex
0: <sighs> i hate a god complex
1: this is the first time we really see it though
0: and honestly and it gets worse it didn't okay i will say it didn't bother me in the beginning Because I was like, okay, a one-time thing, I can get, I can get past it. Because Tristan is like, when he kills someone, or before he kills someone, he wants them to like, Beg him. Beg him, and like, pray to him, and like, have him show mercy on the person that he's going to give. And so like, before he kills anyone, he's like, who's your like, savior? And they always are like, you, like, Prince Tristan, and then he like, kills them. And that's later on in the book, but like this first one, I didn't mind so much because he just made a a comment of, if you're looking for a God to pray to, you don't have to look so far referring to himself, to himself. Okay. The first time it adds to his like possessive, like demeanor of, and just how he kind of views himself as like a savior because he does, he has a savior complex. He has a God complex. He has a worship complex. It makes sense in the story not a huge fan of it and especially as it like continues like it continues between him and sarah when they're like doing like sexual stuff when like that god complex come out and i'm telling you if i was in that situation i would be like you gotta stop with that shit like i just i'm just not it's not really my my thing and yeah Yeah. i think it was just too much i think it was too but it
1: and i understand a little bit of it i understand in this book with them being royals They're going to be narcissistic. They're going to kind of have a little bit of that God complex, but it
0: does get a little overused. Yeah. I can understand it in the story though.
1: It works in this story. It's just one of those things. eh. It didn't get me hot and bothered.
0: No. I mean, it, it did in the sense that like, I am a huge fan of like a dominant male character. Somebody who is like that personification
1: sure. you're right i just want it in a different way
0: and yes we'll get
1: to that a little bit later so our boys and our girl in the church after we realized his god
0: complex he loves the innuendos he loves making her uncomfortable i think yes so he says things that to may get, not <laughs>
1: to get a rise out of her
0: that may not be forward in a sexual manner but like she knows mm-hmm. that he means it exactly how he's portraying it
1: and he's fighting it it's like this is his point of view and he's starting to realize he has a thing for this girl but he shouldn't because he should hate everything about her because she's destined to be his brother's bride
0: but for some reason she intrigues him and he intrigues her
1: so it's this hot cold thing and then we get introduced to the nickname pet name that he has for Sarah. This is where he drops that for the first time. He calls her his "ma petit
0: montous. Which means my little liar in French. I probably butchered the fuck out of that. He calls her that and like, it's something that piques her interest because she does not know French. Yep. So she does not know what that means. And fun fact, I don't know if you remember this reading. We don't find out what that means until like, Way later. later. I kind of suck. (laughs) And if there is dialogue within a romance book where they use a pet name, but it's in a different language, you bet your ass I'm going to Google Translate right then. And I am typing in that phrase to figure out what the fuck he is saying or she is saying because I like to be in the know. I like to know what he's saying before it's like told because I just feel like it adds. Like, I like knowing that he's calling her, like, his little liar. Like, that is fantastic because it's perfect. And
1: it's true. She is a little liar.
0: Yes. And so I I obviously, I Googled Googled that translate instantly. But that's another thing with the series that I do really enjoy. The pet names. I'm kind of a fan of a pet name, especially when it correlates with the book really well. When there's meaning to it.
1: If there's meaning to it, I can totally get on board. There are some pet names that just instantly make me cringe.
0: Right. And I hate it. True. But in this book, I liked the pet names.
1: I liked this one.
0: I like the pet names because he calls her Little Doe because she has doe eyes. Mm -hmm. That's another like character trait that she has like these big doe eyes. So he calls her Little Doe, which is also cute because he's like a lion and she's like His prey. Right. (laughs) And so, and then he also calls Simon Little Lion,
1: which is, again, I love the freaking dynamic between Tristan and Simon. Also, for the record, neither of us have children, so this is not just, like, a mom, like. Complex. We do not have kids. Being, like, we love the relationship because we're mothers and, like, it's beautiful.
0: No. 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 It just does something to the heart a little bit. But yeah, I think that in this book, I'm, I'm a fan of all of the like wittier nicknames because I feel yeah. like they correlate with the plot, but they also kind of go along with like the Lion King. Mm-hmm. So I'm here for that.
1: And I like that they're not your typical ones.
0: Kind of thing.
1: Yeah.
0: That the pet, like the pet names go along with the story.
1: There's a little more originality with it. Exactly. What, ha- what does our boy do, though, whenever he starts to get a little too worked up in his head about Sarah? I don't know. What? He likes to leave it high and dry and just peace the
0: fuck out. Seeing this girl in kind of a different light, being like, maybe I do have feelings. Maybe it's more than just, like, this lust. And he, so he, yeah, he is, He he gets those two thoughts in his head. And he freaking just pieces out, kind of gets her all, like, hot and bothered with his, like, talk like his dirty talk in a way excellent dirty talker well he's very manipulative he knows exactly what to say and like the fact that he can read her so well and she when it comes to him i don't think hides it he can see that she is intrigued with him in the same way that he is intrigued with her which also i think is another reason why he continues to go pack Mm -hmm. because he sees that she is also kind of into him yes
1: but it's just it's such a hot and cold interaction with and this slow burn buildup for so long.
0: And, like, this isn't the only or the first, like, this isn't the only time that he does it. It's the first time he does it, but it's not the last where he just, something comes to mind and he's just like, okay, see yeah. ya.
1: So then he goes and meets up with his brother in his chambers. Where Michael is starting to have some nightmares about his father. No freaking one the why, because information later. (laughs) Yeah. But it's not surprising. He's having nightmares about his daddy. And Tristan sees that his brother is having a hard time.
0: And I think that it, it, it goes farther than just the nightmares. I think he's starting to like hallucinate and potentially see things because of Mm -hmm. his issues with his dad. Um. So yeah, he's kind of turning into a mad king
1: a little bit, and Tristan sees this
0: to the full. Yes.
1: Yeah, so he yeah starts forming a plan that he is going to try to make his brother crazy, and he's going to feed into this illusion that the ghost of their father
0: is is haunting them is
1: haunting them, and like talking to Tristan because Tristan actually had a good relationship with their father when they were young which is some of the resentment that Michael has towards Tristan but then when it became time for Michael to learn how to become
0: king and he took an interest in the throne and in his then their father
1: started to distance himself from Tristan and that built up Tristan's animosity towards his brother.
0: Because really, Tristan, his mom is a piece of shit. She's terrible. She's she's, she's awful. Michael is obviously a little shit.
1: You know what? All the moms in this book suck. Oh, yeah. Sarah's mom sucks. Sarah's sucked. mom sucks. She's not mentioned that much, but you know that they didn't have, have a, a
0: relationship. relationship. No, she's close with her dad. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And michael and tristan's mom sucks simon's mom sucks
0: that's a common thing but disney like the moms are always like dead
1: (laughs) (laughs) you know what (laughs) didn't put that together but you are so right
0: (laughs) so like kind of like in line with that you know plot but yeah and so tristan growing up his mom sucked his brother sucked his dad and him had a really good relationship Think about in The Lion King, the scene where Mufasa takes Simba to see the lights, kind of on the pride, where he's like, someday this will all be yours. Everywhere the light touches. Everywhere the light touches. I pictured that scene with Tristan and his dad, in a sense, because they kind of had a ritual Mm -hmm. where they would go- To the cliffs. To the cliffs. And that's where they would have like their- conversations and like his dad knew, you know, Tristan was always very artistic. He was different. He he didn't really, you know, fit in with Michael. They're very different people. And so like his dad kind of was that only person in his corner until Michael hit what, like maybe 15. Uh, Yeah, because his dad had to start actually kind of training Michael to take over in his steed. So that really took away from Tristan. And like Tristan is two years younger than Michael. So if 15, like he was about 13 and, you know, he's already alone. So now he's like really alone, really alone.
1: And getting abused by his brother and, getting, and his cronies.
0: Yes. Getting the, sh- the shit beat out of him to the point where like he would run away for days.
1: Into his now murder cabin.
0: Into his now murder cabin. And no one would really uh or anything. And I... That's just really sad. Like, it it, build, it gives you more context, though, into kind of how, why he is the way he is. Mm-hmm.
1: And it bonds you more to Tristan, and so while this is happening, Miss Sarah, she decides she wants to go explore the Queen's Garden, and she has a chaperone with her in the form of her new bodyguard, Timothy! Love,
0: Timothy! Yes! And who does he represent?
1: He is Timon! And even better, Timothy and Paul are together.
0: They're lovers. So
1: we have a gay couple.
0: And it's Timon and Pumbaa, like who didn't think that they were gay? (laughs) Like I (laughs) love to see it. Love it. Love to see it. it. I'm so here for it. And that's something that I really, I liked that she added.
1: And our girl Sarah, she finds Mr. Tristan. Drawing on Simon's arm, giving him tattoos as armor.
0: Because Tristan has tattoos. As his armor. And people don't mess with Tristan. Exactly.
1: And Simon wants to be just like him.
0: Like, how can you not just ship their relationship? It (laughs) is so pure.
1: Tristan's also doing this to make Simon happy because he just got bullied,
0: he just got beat up. So he's feeling not good about himself.
1: So Tristan is, like, giving him a pep talk and, like, putting confidence back in him, building up our little lion.
0: And what he draws is really cool. It's almost like what I was picturing it. It's almost like it looks like um, your skin is being ripped open (laughs) and in the background is a lion.
1: Is emerging from the rips.
0: Emerging from the rips. So, like, that's a pretty common, like, tattoo I've seen tattoos where it's like the rips Mm -hmm. with like things. So like I can picture that pretty, pretty well. Um, But yeah, so that is what he's drawing on little Simon's arm.
1: And in my opinion, I think this is the point where Sarah starts to really fall for Tristan.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because she also like Simon is just so pure and all of his emotions, or right on his face. Mm-hmm. Like she even mentions like in her inner monologue that like she can tell that Simon loves Tristan and like looks up to him and is just enamored. enamored. Exactly. Like he is like his hero. And I think that, that I mean, that pulls on any girl's heartstrings, dude. Whether it be real or in romance books, like who wouldn't, if I saw that shit, I would be like, I don't care you're a murderer. Melt. Melt. Maybe. I mean, not really. I would care if someone was a (laughs) murderer. But, like, you get what I'm saying.
1: And then we get a ball dropped on us. And by ball, I mean a ball. Like, it's time for Sarah to host a ball. Per Michael's request. Yes. To announce, to kind of, like, celebrate their engagement.
0: Yeah, like, it's a feast. And then followed by a ball for the royal court Mm -hmm.
1: so this is necessary sarah understands it's necessary but she's a little overwhelmed by it and her and timothy have a little exchange about secret passageways so it's time for sarah to discover these secret passageways
0: and you know sarah she's all for adventure
1: she is so she gets herself ready daggers in hand love this about her how she like Whenever she goes out, she's, like, hiding daggers, like, in her.
0: She has, like, a like a, a thigh dog. garner thing that holds knives. Yes. And she doesn't leave without it under her dress.
1: She always has protection on
0: her. Yeah, she's ready for anything. If the opportunity to kill Defossa approaches.
1: She's going to take it.
0: She's going to be prepared. This girl is no joke.
1: She's smart, too.
0: And the thing is, also, I will say, I love a strong heroine. I love a strong female lead.
1: Yes, we do not get damsel in distress vibes with Sarah.
0: No, she can take care of herself. She's strong. She's independent. She gets shit done. I love to see that.
1: She still has an emotional vulnerability, which I appreciate, but she's not-
0: She's not a damsel.
1: No, she- like, She doesn't need to be
0: rescued. You know, she- can hold her own and i love to see that and i think that it complements tristan because tristan could not be with a damsel no like he needs someone who is going to put him in his place and who challenges him who challenges him who he sees as an equal not as someone below him he doesn't you know michael probably that's what he wants he wants a wife who is a wife in title only and he doesn't want a partner
1: yeah he wants michael wants someone he could walk all over because he's gonna
0: cheat And a little, like, insight into this, too. In the prologue, Michael makes a comment where he is like, I don't, when he becomes king, he says, I don't want to be married. I don't understand why I have to have a wife. We have a queen, his mom. Mm -hmm. She's technically still a a, a queen. queen The queen mother. And he's very against it because he's a hoe. He likes fucking around and he doesn't want to be tied down. But the monarch kind of overrules that because of tradition. So, like, Michael doesn't care about a wife. He isn't looking for an equal, but Tristan is. Mm -hmm. And that, like, Sarah meshes very well with that. She does. And Sarah does
1: find these secret passages. Guess who she runs into in these secret passages?
0: Hmm. Could it be Tristan? Ding, ding, ding.
1: (laughs) We have a winner.
0: (laughs) Shocking that they they were to run into each other. In the dead of night at like 3 a.m. in these secret tunnels. And
1: where was he coming from? Elephant Bones
0: Tavern. The elephant bones tavern. He He had just he had just given a little spiel.
1: He was rallying the troops.
0: And he runs into Sarah.
1: In a place where she's not supposed
0: to be. Right. And what does he do? He pins her against a wall. So before that, something that I love about this scene. Is that... I love this whole scene. (laughs) He... This is a good scene. He senses her, right? Like, they don't... He doesn't see. She's kind of hiding because she heard him... She heard someone coming. So she kind of is hiding. But Tristan knows someone's there. He doesn't know it's her, but he knows someone's there. So he kind of is like, if you don't come out, I'm going to have to chase you. And then he goes, okay. And then she's like, no, stop. And then he's kind of, like, pleasantly surprised where he's like, oh... Hello, Sarah. How you doing? Hmm. Okay, we're alone. It's three a.m. in a private, secret passage corridor. What could possibly happen?
1: Oh, I'll tell you what happens. She gets pinned against a wall.
0: Love it. Some
1: epic, dirty talking. Love it. Blow for blow bickering. Love it. The exchange. Okay. Is just...
0: Give me more.
1: And then to top it off. He's holding a candle.
0: Remember, it's 1910.
1: Yeah, there's not. They're, really they're a le- in, a, in a tunnel. There's no electricity. In they're this just tunnel.
0: they're they're holding a candle wick. Yes. In the dark tunnel.
1: Hot wax drips off of this candle onto Sarah's skin.
0: Obviously. Sexual tension. Because she's into it. And
1: he's he can tell.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> into it and he can tell that she's into it. And that was a great scene. That was a great scene, but you know how it ends—him <laughs> realizing
1: something and storming off, insulting her, and running the fuck away.
0: <laughs> Classic Tristan. But
1: us as readers, we realize how bad they want each other.
0: Yes, they—they they do. Here's
1: where we realize they both want each other bad.
0: Yes, no doubt about it. They. The sexual tension has kind of reached a boiling point. It's starting to peak here. It's starting, like, they're starting to realize, oh, shit. I was, neither of them were planning this. But it's here. And they don't necessarily want to say no.
1: But they got to. But they
0: got to because she's engaged to her, to his brother.
1: Who she wants to kill.
0: Who she wants to kill. Plus, she has to kill him. And he's thinking that he's going to have to kill her because he's obviously thinking that he has to kill Michael.
1: A lot of murder
0: plots. There's a lot of murder plots, people.
1: Sex and murder. I guess they go here. Even though the sex hasn't actually happened
0: yet. Nope. Just thoughts of it. Still waiting.
1: Somewhere throughout this time, Sheena.
0: Sheena's kind of disappeared. Sarah's been like, where the fuck is my best friend? Yes. Her best friend has been with Tristan's best friend and bodyguard, Ed. Edward, who is? Ed the hyena. Ed the hyena. And they've fallen in love yes they are doing it
1: tristan walks in on them doing it
0: and he is not happy Just... so they're at the elephant bones tavern that's the reason why he's so pissed because that is the headquarters of the rebel king yep. sheena is not one of them she is the handmaiden to sarah who is the Queen's s consort yep so he is so she's fuming. the enemy she's the enemy He's fuming because Ed Edward is his right-hand man. Edward is also in the Royal Guard. He's a double agent. Yes. So he is a double agent. He's pretending that, you know, he's he works for Michael, but really he's helping Tristan. So this is also how Tristan gets away with a lot of the stuff because obviously this book has so much detail. I mean, like there is so much plot in this book. It's impossible to talk about every plot point throughout this book so if you're gonna read it like we spoil a lot but there's still a lot of stuff that we don't we haven't like touched on yeah so one of those things is that edward um is his right hand man he's the double agent he's kind of the the reason and how tristan can kind of do things and stay under the radar
1: and stay the scarred prince versus being found out as the rebel king.
0: Yes. So Sheena, Edward, they're banging. Tristan pissed. He makes Sheena join the rebels. And threatens her. If anything, if she were to tell his soul he is going to gut her.
1: And her and her lover.
0: And Edward. And then Edward does get tortured. As punishment. Doesn't Tristan waterboard him? Yes. <laughs> waterboards him he never was planning on killing him it was more so for a punishment Mm -hmm. just being like you have to be smarter they are confidants and edward is probably tristan's best friend if you were to categorize anyone as a friend for tristan it'd be edward it would be edward i mean simon but edward and so yeah he he punishes edward pretty severely because he i mean i get it Edward was very um, risky, but Sheena She's isn't kind of a threat
1: in this whole
0: right, and she isn't a threat. She is so enamored by Edward that I think that she would go along with anything, yeah, and, and she wouldn't do anything to.
1: And she knows Sarah's plan to want to bring down Michael, so she also tries to almost talk some sense into Tristan to be like, hey. You and Sarah are kind of on the same team. Well,
0: actually, I don't think that Sheena knows. A little bit. Not fully. Not fully. Because there are things that she doesn't she doesn't tell because she But she knows that they
1: that Sarah hates the Fossa family. Okay. Because of her dad dying.
0: Okay. Right. True. But you're right. She did tell Tristan, she said, you just need to talk to Sarah. She would help you she would be on your side, and he refuses to acknowledge that. He refuses to think that Sarah would. Smart. <laughs> yeah, like, would. But the thing is, they are on the same side. Like, she wants, because her kingdom, where she's from within the kingdom, is very poor. The whole reason why her dad left to go to the kingdom was to beg for some more support because their village or their town or whatever was suffering.
1: Yeah, when Michael III came into power is when they really started to suffer. Like, things were cool under Michael II. Michael three fucked shit up.
0: Right, because he's not smart. And he doesn't care. He doesn't care. He only cares about himself. He doesn't like to be around common people. He doesn't – he is just very – Out of
1: sight, out of mind for him.
0: Yeah, he thinks that he's the be-all, end-all, and, like, that's – that and anyone lower than him doesn't exist. So he's just a really shitty king person through and through.
1: Now we get a time jump.
0: A little time a jump. Okay. A little time jump. Months down the line.
1: We're getting closer to our time for the ball. And Sarah has pawned the
0: ball planning off op on Ophelia and Marisol. She doesn't have interest in that. She doesn't have the time. She doesn't care.
1: She's gotta figure out her game plan
0: she has her own mission.
1: And we go back to Tristan's point of view, and he is currently confronting his mother about his father's death. And you can tell here, like, it solidifies that there is no love loss between the two of them. No.
0: No, she's, she's terrible. She fakes feeling sorry about the king's death, her husband's death. She fake cries. She fake cries. She fakes feeling bad. She fakes feeling remorse she fakes just being every emotion that comes around with like grief because she doesn't care. She spends all of her time in their cottage house Mm -hmm. somewhere.
1: Like away from the kingdom.
0: Yeah. And like Tristan even makes the comment saying that like his mom wanted to be queen. She didn't want to be a mom. She birthed them because obviously Michael II needed heirs in a royal setting, probably very not motherly at all
1: kind of fits with the whole royal family dynamic thing that we
0: yeah like we said shitty moms
1: then sarah has to meet queen mother dearest
0: okay this scene i just like love sarah even more after this
1: and tristan is trying to be nice and like warn sarah about his mom
0: right because tristan is there because he's in her quarters and Sarah has a meeting to meet her for the first time.
1: So she can get the stamp of approval from the Queen Mother.
0: To Mary Michael. To Mary Michael. And so obviously, like Tristan is kind of at his wit's end with his mom and he's about to leave. But then Sarah shows up and he goes, ha. I'm
1: gonna stick around for this one.
0: He said, Never freaking mind. <laughs> I am gonna watch this train wreck.
1: <laughs> yes. And the Queen Mother does try to throw some digs and jabs at Sarah, but you know what? Sarah can meet the queen and hold her own against her. So she gives it right back.
0: What I loved about this scene was that it's in Sarah's point of view. Mm-hmm. So you get her inner monologue when the queen is saying these nasty things on purpose, right? Like the queen is trying
1: and they're low blows.
0: They're low blows. I mean, she talks about how she's an orphan because her dad died. Like she's like how do how do how are you expected as an orphan with no father To be a successful queen or something like that and like sarah i like how in her inner monologue like it does hit her where when she's thinking about like when the queen is saying these things internally she's like flinching she's like Mm -hmm. ow like what the fuck is wrong with her but on the outside like she is coming back harder
1: tristan likes it too
0: right because tristan's like you're giving my mom hell like you're giving her a taste of her own medicine I want to wipe you up right now. Have my babies. Like, let's go. Give it to me. Give it to me. And so I love this scene because I think that Sarah, her wittiness, her sharpness, her quickness, just she's smart Mm -hmm. to come up with some of the things that she kind of throws back at the queen. Mother, it's just beautiful.
1: It is. It's fantastic. It's so
0: great. And then we move from this
1: lovely, awkward lunch encounter to the whole ass family dinner. The night before the ball. Yes. And Tristan would normally miss these, but he ain't missing this one.
0: So another thing with Tristan is that up until the point that Sarah comes, he is, he never goes to things that are on court. He never goes to things that the court is holding. But since Sarah showed up, he's at every single one. And he likes to make an entrance. Yeah, he likes to make an entrance. And he does.
1: He does. So Sarah is sitting near Michael and next to their cousin. Tristan walks in late, brings a chair, and situates himself next to Sarah. (laughs) No fucks. Cousin move down.
0: No fucks. He's like, "This is my girl." And then he uh, slides his hand right up her thigh and feels them knives. At the dinner table, as she is literally sitting in between Tristan and Michael and in is... front of all of their guests.
1: And doesn't she start to caress him a little oh, bit? Oh yeah, She starts she... to get a feel of that
0: outline. Yep. So like he 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 moves up her her thigh, he feels her her blades, he laughs because he's like, hmm, my little liar, my little little doe, like okay, I'm here for this. <laughs>
1: this and then the doe weapon.
0: Right. And then kind of like reaches her panties. And so she then kind of, it's like the back of her hand caresses- His groin. His groin area, which he obviously is a like in this situation. So you can imagine what's going on down there. A little bit. And in the middle of the steamy exchange, the cousin dies. (laughs) (laughs) Cousin drops dead at the feast, out of nowhere, drinking his wine and then he's dead.
1: Cut to Sarah's
0: point of view. Oh, but also this is in Tristan's point of view.
1: Oh yeah, Tristan knows it's not him.
0: He knows it's not him, so he's like, "Who the fuck? What is going on?" So you know, Sarah knows that there's the Rebel King and her. Mm -hmm. This is the first time that Tristan is realizing that there is a third party floating around. Yes, unkind of call. Like he doesn't really know what's going on there. He. This is the first time that he's learning. There is something else shady going on. And someone
1: he, else has his similar game plan. And guess what?
0: He ain't happy. No. He ain't happy. He doesn't care that his cousin died. <laughs> but he, he probably cares- probably would've
1: killed him anyway. Right. He cares that- It wasn't him It wasn't it. him. Yes. Then we re-enter Sarah's point of view. And it was our girl, Sarah, who done done it.
0: it she's she She dumped some poison in his wine. And he was none the wisest. And I love Sarah because she's like, she's like, I feel bad. Like in her in her monologue, she's like, I do feel bad. I feel guilty that I just killed someone. But collateral. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, okay, girl. So Sarah's also a killer. <laughs> yeah. Um, which we kind of knew she was going to be going in. Like, she's here to assassinate this whole family. Exactly.
1: But this is the first time we've actually.
0: This is the first death seen of her hers. Do it. Yes. And she does it very sneakily. Mm-hmm. Just slips some poison. And so now there's some conflict
1: happening. Does the ball continue due to this death?
0: You bet your darn to end, but it does. Mm-hmm.
1: Answer is yes.
0: <laughs> and there's
1: a great line here between Tristan and Xander. What's that? Because Tristan gets pissed off at Xander and is like choking him. And it reminds, and it's like directly from the Lion King movie where Scar has Zazu. And what does he say? Xander's like, I'd be so gamey, not an appetizing meal at all.
0: <gasps> I didn't catch that. Shut up. Because Zazu does say that. Yes. To Scar.
1: When he's like in the little cage. In, yeah. And he, again, <gasps> nods to the Lion King movie in this book.
0: That's beautiful. I didn't catch that. Oh, my God. So good. Oh, my God. I love that. That is so great. Yes. Okay. Sorry. I, I'm like, I'm processing this <laughs> because I, I I did not catch that. And I'm so glad you did because that is fantastic. Yeah. When
1: I was reading it, that was like one of the things I had to highlight. So I was just like.
0: That's beautiful. Well done. <laughs> Thank you, Emily. Well done.
1: <laughs> so, yes, the ball is going to continue. Fuck the murder.
0: Let's dance. I think there's a little intermission. I think, like, Michael and, like, the royal family go back kind of in their – because Michael's kind of, like, spazzing, I think. Yeah. But then they do re-enter. The ball doesn't just stop.
1: Well, the the dinner took place the day before the ball.
0: Oh, did it? Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, so, yeah. So, the ball still does continue. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: So, at the ball, Sarah has to dance with all of the important members of court. She's thinking and prepared to be dancing with Michael the whole time.
0: Uh But that doesn't happen. I don't even think she dances with Michael one time. No. She just gets passed around to all of the men in court. Yeah. But her betrothed.
1: Because again, he just, he gives no fuck. Because he's
0: flirting with the little handmaid, the little server. Mm -hmm. Because Tristan sees it and he's like, are you fucking kidding me? You got this beautiful- You have this woman. bombshell of a girl who you're engaged to and you're flirting with the help, but that's Michael. Yeah. But isn't that kind of a, um? correct me if I'm wrong, in um The Wild with lions, isn't it like the male, it's like one male and then they kind of have like their whole little- He mates with all the lions. All of the lionesses, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean like parallel-
1: Yes, it works I, it for King. It works the for the Lion
0: King, but he's just a hoe. Yeah. He just likes fucking things, man. Yeah.
1: And one of the last people Sarah dances with, we get introduced to this slime bag. Ugh. Lord Claudius. Ugh. Doesn't he just sound He sounds like a douche. Awful. Yeah. He sounds yeah. He no thank you. And so he finishes his dance. With Sarah she actually kind of cuts it short because she's already like she's getting creeper vibes from him and lord claudius runs into tristan because
0: tristan was seeing this and he was not liking oh yeah because lord claudius and tristan have a interaction yeah. they have me. before and they kind of like tristan is kind of coming at claudius he's mm-hmm. kind of giving him hell Because he, Lord Claudius, is also, I think, part of Michael's pack. Yes. So they do not get along. So Tristan already doesn't like this guy. Then he's, like, getting real handsy with her, real close to her. He can tell that she's uncomfortable.
1: So he goes to try to step in, but Sarah takes care of it. Because Sarah, again, is not a damsel in distress. So she removes herself from the situation. Claudius and Tristan start talking. And Claudius starts making little nasty comments about how attractive he finds Sarah and how he wants to tap that.
0: No, no. Tristan ain't had wrong thing to say. Sarah goes to the bathroom. Yeah. She leaves the ballroom
1: to go to her feet,
0: her poor feet. She's been dancing in heels all all night night, and not even with the person that she thought and should be
1: dancing with. So she just wants, she needs a break. She needs a breather. And he attempts to sexually assault Sarah.
0: Uh Uh-huh. No, no, sir. Not a fan of that. And Tristan ain't a fan of it either. No. And he ain't having it because he follows as well. But Sarah defends herself. Yes. And whips out that knife.
1: Whips it
0: out and, like, nicks his throat. She said, don't fuck with me. Mm Mm-hmm. Because, so she kind of, like, he's kind of, like, all up on her. He has her pressed against a wall. He's, like,
1: tearing at her dress. He rips the dress, like, towards the bottom.
0: Like, he's full on trying to sexually assault her. Like, he is full on about to do something that he should not be doing to anyone who doesn't want it. Yeah. And so she, like, plays, she kind of, like, pretends, like, she plays dead almost. Mm -hmm. Where she stops fighting. So she can get to her knife. So she lets him think that she isn't going to fight and then she's able to reach for her knife pulls it out and is able to escape and heads back to the ball but Tristan like you said follows so he sees this whole encounter because he would step in if needed Mm -hmm. but like you said she's ain't no damsel she handles it she handles it
1: unfortunately there are footsteps heard (sighs) and he's like you're lucky it was me and not the king Or else your ass would be grass. And she's like, are you tripping? She's like, clearly I (laughs) didn't want this.
0: You really think that I would be interested in Lord Claudius? Are you out of your freaking mind?
1: That was a painful scene to read.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, it's the whole blaming the victim. Yes. That it's their fault that someone else. She was
1: asking for it
0: by walking to the bathroom
1: and her dress
0: in her dress yeah yeah and that you know i never really liked xander no even from the get i was like i don't think that he has the best interest which kind of makes me sad that his representation is zazu because that's not really zazu's whole thing like i feel like zazu actually is a caring character in the lion king Mm -hmm. so she does kind of turn him because if you're thinking about Mufasa being bad Xander probably would Zazu probably would Mm -hmm. if
1: anybody who was in Mufasa's corner in the movie is now bad in the book
0: right so I guess it makes sense when you look at it like that
1: so Sarah returns to the ball with Xander because she has to Dirt off her skirt and like pretend none of this happened and make nice with Michael again. Tristan, however,
0: is still upset. Yeah, he doesn't let this whole uh, Lord Claudius sexual assault attempt on Sarah slide. No, he does not.
1: He finishes the job.
0: Yep, he kind of, it's kind of a similar thing with Anthony. He kind of comes up and he goes, You're with me. You're coming with me, big boy. And, and this is where we see
1: his God complex again when he starts to torture. Yes,
0: because obviously Tristan isn't the type of guy that's just going to kill you. Um, especially if you do something against Sarah, he is going to drag that shit out. He is going to make it hurt and he is going to make you beg for mercy.
1: Yes, because you do not touch what is Tristan's and Sarah is his, his. is now his.
0: Because his obsession, his possession has reached... It's it's reached its peak. He is, he's in too deep at this point. Yeah,
1: there's no turning back.
0: He's too deep now. He, he yeah, he she has him under her spell and he's come to terms with it, I think. Yeah.
1: And so not only does he kill this man,
0: he goes back to the ball after the murder, dances with Sarah. And this interaction between him and Sarah, where he is like, don't let these people see you break. Yes. Do not let them see you cry. Do not let them see you weak. He kind of like comes to her rescue because she's just gone through this very traumatic experience with Claudius. Mm-hmm. Then she went through a very traumatic experience with Xander, Who's who supposed is supposed to, to be her side. It's her cousin.
1: Yeah. And he's supposed to be helping her through all of this. And he has really not he hasn't done crap
0: for her. No, he's shit. I don't even know what his where his alliance like falls in this whole thing I'm still kind of I'm like where like who was like what side was Xander on I'm not really 100% sure that
1: gets revealed later
0: okay I must have missed that then
1: it's easy to miss because it was like a very like okay small
0: we'll get there then
1: and I love how Tristan's support for Sarah isn't in like a physical sense it's in an emotional sense where I feel like in a lot of romance books, the guy characters are like the knight in shining armor and they're there, they're there to like take the girl out of danger where Tristan is like, no, I'm going to bolster you up emotionally and
0: internally. Right. No, I like that too. Cause like, I like that he kind of comes in and he's like, he's kind of that support that she really needed. Like she needed somebody in her corner just to give her a quick pep talk. And like, he does and what does he do though after
1: he slips her a note
0: and leaves and leaves. (laughs) he loves loves an irish goodbye he does he does and i i just i really liked that scene because i just felt that's the first time that you see tristan actually showing sarah that he cares Mm -hmm. because we as readers know he cares knows his kind of thoughts about like surrounding her but Sarah's she doesn't. And I think this is the first time that she's kind of like, oh. So, like, on top of the Simon kind of building that, oh, he isn't this bad guy. I think that this also really heightens her emotions towards him. Yes. And it turns it more from like a sexual attraction to more of an emotional attraction. Yes.
1: Agreed. I totally
0: agree. So, this is kind of that I feel like in my mind is the turning point of the enemies to lovers. They still go through some like enemies things because there's Mm -hmm. still some slow burns. There's still some tension. There is. But I think-
1: They're both letting their emotions, like they're actually acknowledging it where the first shift we had was them acknowledging like their sexual tension- Right. To each other. And now it's like, oh, I truly like this person. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And then we go to the late night rendezvous back in the garden.
0: Boop, boop. Going back to the garden. And we finally get a motherfucking kiss. Okay. This, I'm not even joking you, is like 60% of the book. And we haven't even, they haven't even kissed yet. But I'm finally kiss here. Yes. And I'm okay with that because it was a great slow burn and it paid off. So they're out in the in the garden at night, mm-hmm. in the moonlight, yes, and Sarah is looking beautiful. She's changed, yes, but Tristan has never seen a more beautiful sight, and he's just dying to sketch her, yep. because of her true beauty in the moonlight that he's just itching to get his like pencils and his sketchbook.
1: Paint me like your French girl paint me like your French girls.
0: who doesn't like an artistic guy? mm.
1: Things start to heat up between the two of them. Yes. We get some heavy petting. And it's this banter again, like, we're outside, we could get
0: caught. They're just in the open. But in context, the, queen gar- the Queen's Garden, no one really goes to. Yes. It's kind of like a ghost town, essentially, within the castle. Mm-hmm.
1: But, like, they're still, but still on the premises.
0: You're yeah in the open.
1: Yeah. And Sarah thinks it's funny here. To imply that she's been with men sexually before and it pisses tristan off
0: don't ask a question that you can't handle the answer to and that goes for everyone <laughs> everyone anyone and everyone like this is a prime example of like real life where it's like do not ask a person their number and then get mad about it and then get mad that they answered you like and they told you and you being mad because you don't like the answer if that's gonna be your reaction don't fucking ask. But yeah, that's exactly what he does. He asks and doesn't like her response. (laughs) So
1: then he starts pressing her and he wants names. Yes. Because he wants to. He said,
0: Who? Give me their names so I can track them down and slaughter them, essentially.
1: So he wants to murder (laughs) anybody who has ever
0: touched her.
1: Possessive much?
0: And the real toxicity here (laughs) is that Sarah, low key, loves the fact and i'm also here for it that he's willing like it kind of it turns her on
1: (laughs) it did me too
0: i mean who who wouldn't want a guy to be like i would kill for you like what
1: like please don't
0: actually i mean don't but like be like oh my god what that's dope (laughs) (laughs) yes so he gets a little jealous More than a little. A little threatening to her ex-lovers.
1: And then they part again. Because it always ends in a parting.
0: Because he's pissed? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And also she's being summoned.
0: Oh, by Michael? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yep. Because Xander got kidnapped at the ball.
0: Yes. So Xander is now missing. Missing in action. M.I.A.
1: So it's confrontation time with Sarah, Tristan, Michael, and Sarah's uncle came into town for the ball. Surprising he was, her. And he is uh, Xander's father.
0: Yes. And up until this point, um, Sarah and her uncle have a very good relationship. Mm-hmm. She He kind of took over as her like fatherly figure. figure. And like they have a pretty good relationship. She lived with him. Yep. Um after her dad's passing, so like they're very close until she
1: gets to the castle and then Xander kind of keeps her
0: away from him,
1: away from like contacting.
0: Contact. yes, him.
1: So this is the first time that she's had an interaction with her uncle since she left her hometown. And so they start talking about Xander being kidnapped. It's the rebels who kidnapped Xander and sarah is finally like realizing her family is kind of suspicious don't be suspicious don't be suspicious (laughs) (laughs) and they've and she's realizing they've been playing her for like their own sort of political game a bomb gets dropped on sarah and she finds out that her father was not killed by michael but by the rebels and it's the rebel king's fault her dad is dead
0: Done, done, done. Plot tw- So this has been a lot. <laughs> it's been it's it's been a lot, and we're not even we're like halfway. Yeah, halfway done. About so, that. So we're gonna make this a two point or a two par- a two parter. Two parter. <laughs> we're gonna make this a two parter because there's a lot to dissect with this. There's book. it's just so much. So stick around for part two. Come back where we will be finishing up the plot. And we'll also be kind of going into other fun segments, including a casting call of who we would cast for the main characters, Sarah, Michael, and Tristan. Our favorite scenes. Our favorite scenes, tension scenes, sex scenes. And just some more bants with us. Bants with Alex and Ash, who can't ask for more. So that second part will be coming soon. So same part soon.